Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 underway from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. PK will be back from the beach next week. Always a big show. We're excited about today's. Trey Wallace from Outkick.com joins us to talk college football headlines. That's in 20 minutes. Plus, Armando Salguero each and every Thursday in hour number two of the program. Plenty of topics to hit along the way. NBA Finals Game 3 where the Celtics win over the Golden State Warriors. The Texans have been added to the Deshaun Watson civil lawsuit. And the PGA chooses war against the Live Tour, which is underway and already complete based on their format and shotgun start that they have at all 18 holes. Chad, good afternoon. CMA Fest is in full swing. Downtown is packed. The traffic has arrived. It's tough to find parking. The music is in Music City, and we're ready to talk some sports across the Outkick Network. It's a it's a whole vibe here at Sixth and Peabody in downtown Nashville right now. It, you cannot escape the fact that CMA Fest is in town. If you are in or around Nashville, Tennessee, over the course this week, you're going to know right away. Just walking to our little coffee spot that's a block and a half away, the traffic picks up immensely as you go to that. So... A lot of activity here at 6th and Peabody. Lots of activity in an otherwise normally downtime of the sports year. There's a lot of sports activity out there right now, too. So we have a jam-packed show today. I'm excited to get rolling as we get closer and closer to the weekend. And if you hear a little honky-tonk going on in the background or you know some fans from Oklahoma decide to storm the studio at some point and say hello, <laughs> just know right away that it's CMA Fest and literally anything is possible. PGA Tour and all of the discussion with the Live Tour is getting rowdy. Uh, it's only going to get rowdier, as one uh, PGA professional described to me last night. We are only getting started with this, with event number one. Uh, Outkick.com had the, the memo first for you this morning from the PGA where they're suspending the players that participated. Right as they were getting set to tee off in London, the memo was out, uh, and the entire memo can, can be read at outkick.com. But, Chad, uh, they, they had to take this stance because they've been saying they were going to take this stance, and they are saying they're suspending Sergio Garcia, Taylor Gooch, Brandon Grace, Dustin Johnson, Martin Keimer, Graham McDowell, Phil Mickelson, Kevin Na, Louis Usaisden, uh, and, and, and others, the, the entire group there. But there are some noticeable names, and I'm not sure how it affects those players who teed off today in London, quite frankly. It's, I'm, yes, they've said they were going to do this. I'm still a bit surprised that they're sticking to their guns to this level. Now, no Bryson DeChambeau yet, even though that report was out there. He is not listed as someone right. who's suspended. He's not participating in this London event, so maybe he's waffling a little bit. 
And that report from The Guardian may have been a little bit premature. We'll find out soon enough. You know, there's a lot of talk. There's, I haven't seen as much criticism of these players from media members as I did with Phil Mickelson, and we talked about that at length yesterday. Um, but there's a lot of you know, talk of people coming back and saying, I saw you know, Clay Travis, for instance, tweeting about this. How many sports media members that are complaining about this wouldn't go work for a Saudi-backed company if they got to work a fourth of the amount of time for $100,000 more a year? And he said, my guess is most would leave for that job. Um, we all know why they left. It's the money. Sure. Right? So there's all of this back and forth and questions about – I saw one uh, back uh, – it was Lee Westwood who was asked this question. A reporter asked, is there any country that you would not feel comfortable taking checks from or participating in a tournament in that country based on their record? And then he said, well, I'm not going to get into politics. Or, and the, the person said, if Vladimir Putin offered you $100 million, would you go? If North Korea offered you, it was an interesting line of questioning. Lee Westwood has no answer to it. What these golfers just need to go ahead and say is, look, I took a lot more money to go play golf. It's a pretty simple decision. That's what Lee Westwood said. By me, right? I mean, that, that, that's what he you need to say. He said that in that answer. Yeah, He's like, I'm, I mean, I'm taking the money. Uh, I'm about finance and... This is more financially beneficial for me. And look, um, this is uh, for the year. Here's Americans have had the best tour on the planet. And there has never been a legitimate challenger. And before you scoff at, oh, they've gotten only 19 of the top 100, how many casual golf fans can name 20 players that are in the top 100 in the world? When you see some of these names, it's not like you can just rattle them off. And I think that's the key here. Um, I think the next layer to this, Chad, are the TV networks, who I, I believe clearly um, it, there was a favor that was called in by Jay Monahan of the PGA with the TV networks that kept them from airing this event, Live Golf event. I think that's pretty obvious. But when the star power goes to that tournament and you, in year number one for Jay Monahan, leading the PGA, he had the $7 billion TV contract and then Tiger Woods won the Masters. That was back-to-back right out of the gate for him. Then COVID hit and now he's dealing with this live tour. And they have a $7 billion television contract with media partners who, as of right now, are not airing the event live. We, we watched it earlier this morning on YouTube. You can also get that on Facebook, if you so wish. Point being, Chad, the TV partners are going to want the star power on their network. Because other than Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods for the majors, the casual tournaments, you've got to have some names at the leaderboard that are going to draw the eyeballs more than just a, a, a playoff hole for the 19th and 20th hole on round number four. That's a big key to this, and I'm sure the networks are discussing that right now. I watched some of it this morning. Uh, I went right to the Live Tour website. It was very easy to watch. I was, I was amazed at the functionality. There's not a lot on the site. Uh, it's very big uh, headlines, you know, very broad. There's not a lot. It's not busy at all. If you go to the site and right there at the top, it says live. You go click on it and you go right to high def streaming 
of the guy that they have that's the, the English Premier League announcer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very professional. I thought the production was well done. couple critiques. One is this team format that they have right now. Uh, I can't tell what the heck's going on on the screen. Like the side of the screen looks like a racing event when they show the leaderboard on the side because it's all the team logos. There are uh, 48 players and 12 teams of four. So they have the team first, and every team has its own logo and its own name. So it's hard to follow what is what on the, on the screen. First two shots I saw when I went over was Dustin Johnson going out of bounds right and Phil Mickelson hooking something and hitting a fan. Oh, it was a terrible shot. Two of the worst tee shots I've seen from those guys. So not a great first impression of the quality of play. I know Phil the bad shots happen. He ended up getting a par. Yeah, off that so I, 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 that's what I saw, and then I turned it off. Well, the but, team, the team. I aspect. mean, it looked, My point is, it looked like pro golf. Like if you just turned oh, to yeah. and watched, but the like, team, you could tell me I'm watching something on ESPN on a on a Thursday or Friday. That's a PGA I, event. I think from an American viewership standpoint, the screen looked a little weird with the team logos. But what this tournament has done is they're modeling everything off the F1 series, which is the kind of the exact same thing. It's an individual sport where you have teams that are also competing for prize money in the same race, in the same tour. So every, at every event, they will have 12 team captains that will rotate, and you will have more or less a fantasy football-like draft where they will draft three other teammates and then the lowest score of the team, even if you don't win the tournament, you're going to split $3 million that weekend over the 54 holes if your team has the lowest score. So that, that's, it's the F1 model, and that's why you see the logos the way you do for those 12 different team members. They, they, and, and guess what? Saudi also funds F1. Oh, yeah. So, so and that, F1 is very popular now in the United right, States. Right. It made so, a lot more popular by the Netflix series. Right, but I, I'm, from a golfer like if you're a golfing yeah, you're not used television to fan, like you're not used to seeing that. But I think if you factor in why they're modeling it off of what they're doing, the screen looks a little bit easier to understand. So you can find, as you mentioned, the memo from the PGA Tour to their members and players at outkick.com right now. Um, and th- three paragraphs jumped out to me, Hutton, and it was not the part about who's being suspended and what consequences there are for players that play. It's the final three paragraphs of this whole memo. And to me, this is where the line was drawn. And I'm going to read these three paragraphs because this hits at the core of what I talked about and what we talked about. If sponsors are jumping off board of the individual players, what's going to happen if the need to have Dustin Johnson or Phil Mickelson or Sergio Garcia or any of these guys at your tournament if the PJ wants them back, what could the problems be for their sponsors? Not just individual player sponsors, but PGA sponsors. So here are the paragraphs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read them to you directly from the memo. I am certain, this is from Jay Monahan. I am certain our fans and partners who are surely tired of all this talk of money, money, and more money will continue to be entertained and compelled by the world-class competition you display each and every week where there are true consequences for every shot you take and your rightful place in history whenever you reach that elusive winner circle. You are, in all caps, the PGA Tour. And this moment is about what we stand for, the PGA Tour membership as a whole. 
It's about lifting up those who choose to not only benefit from the tour, but who also play an integral part in building it. I know you are with us and vice versa. Our partners are with us too. That's important. Television and advertising business partners. Our partners are with us too. The fact that your former tour colleagues can't say the same should be telling. And here's the final paragraph. This week, the RBC Canadian Open is a shining example of what you have created with the PGA Tour. A star-studded field, a committed sponsor, sold-out hospitality offerings, record crowds, and a global broadcast distribution. These elements are part of the Tour's DNA, built by the likes of Jack and Arnie, furthered by Tiger and countless others, whose legacies are inextricably linked with each other and with the PGA Tour. This collective legacy can't be bought or sold. So an organization... The PGA could sell it. ...that makes a lot of money, that is a lot about money, is now playing the, oh, they were bought and sold card. They're they're all about the money. We're not. We're about PGA. We're about loyalty. We're about legacy. We're about history. I I don't buy all of this, and I think it's, it's hypocritical of the PGA in some of these spots... But to me, Hutton, it's interesting how they're playing that card now with the guys who left. They have abandoned you. They don't believe in the same things you value and you believe in as PGA Tour members. So to hell with them. We are the PGA Tour. We have this, 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 and this. They'll never have that. It was described to me this way, Chad. The liquidable uh, assets of the PGA Tour, if uh, you liquidated what they have, the Saudi group can outspend the tour 10 to 1 right now. Think about that. that. That's what they're up against. And for them to say, oh, you're, you're taking the money, that's what they've done. But again, like the players aren't apologizing for that whatsoever. And, you know, I, Rory McElroy, who I, I have a lot of respect for, and I, I love watching him play, and I love what he stands for. Um, he, He's got a $150 million Nike contract as he sits there and talks about how money's not everything. So uh, the, the average golfer, if you're watching the second round of the RBC, would kill for a $5 million guarantee to go to the Live Tour right now. They, they look at that and think, this is the same PGA Tour that is a 501c3. Think about that. The PGA is a 501c3 nonprofit. And they claim around $190 million uh, PR-wise that they donate to charities. About $50 million of it comes directly from the PGA. The rest are through sponsors that sponsor the golf championships around their tour whenever they donate things to charity, which is all great. But to, to look at that as a nonprofit from the PGA Tour standpoint is a joke. So for them to talk about taking the money and it's a cash grab and screw these guys, stay with us, um, man, look in the mirror. Because that's what, exactly what you've been doing since you know, the inception of this. The only difference is you haven't had competition that can outspend you. Well, again... On a daily basis. The start of what I just read, to go right along with what you're saying, I am certain our fans and partners who are surely tired of all this talk of Money, uh-huh. money, and more money. If you're going to go down that road, I'd love to see a sponsor come back and say, hey, you know, 
that memo really got to me, PGA Tour. You're right. You know, it's not all about the money and making the most money. So, you know, these guys that were loyal to you and stayed for less money, I think I should pay less money now in that sponsorship also. <laughs> I think we should talk about that. I think you should also, you should, you should carry that torch and go ahead and refuse the more money and stick with me, a sponsor that's been with you for 10 years for less, even if a sponsor comes in and pays you double of what I'm paying you. L- let's do that. Put your money where your mouth is and take less money from me as a sponsor because your players are doing this and you're giving them credit for that. Um, it's very high-minded of the PGA what they're trying to attempt and to convince us of. I'm not fully buying it. I'll also say the PGA, everything else they said about legacy, history, uh, the top you know, golf league in the world, they're right right now. I mean, they have that to sell. Yeah, We are the preeminent brand. We are where you're going to get the most sponsorship. You're going to get the most famous here. We can't pay you the most in guaranteed money, but you're going to have this, 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 and this. They're right about all those things. The other thing to consider is these the, the players on the Live Tour, while the, the PGA is banning them, they're still going to compete in the majors. And while we, we haven't seen it confirmed, the assumption is three of the four majors on the, on the Tour um, – on an annual calendar, these guys are going to compete. And we know the USGA has said that these guys can play in the U.S. Open, for instance. Um, also, there will be a, a good handful of these players that will go catch on and play a tournament on the Asian Tour. That The Asian Tour factors into your world rankings. So I heard it said where oh, the PGA is going to ban them and they're going to lose their world rankings. That's not the case because they can continue to play a handful of events and keep their world ranking where it is, if not increase it based on whatever they're doing on this live tour. Uh, I'm fascinated by all this. The, the money is incredible. Like I, the, 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 just the, um, the sheer amount that some of these guys are getting just to, Kevin Na, um, is estimated. I heard estimated to be getting around 30 to $40 million dollars to go play in this tournament, uh, in this on this tour. Kevin Na, who's among the most hated amongst his peers, among players, one of the slowest players you'll ever watch on tour, is getting paid that type of money to go to the Live Tour. And you ask, why are they resigning? It's for this. And the PGA is calling them out for it, but they've already admitted what they're doing. It's, it's, a, it's an odd play. You're absolutely right, Chad, because... The guys have already said they're taking the money and uh, asking the fans not to, um, you know, it's up to the fans if they want to think you know, lower for a player for taking the money instead of staying on the, the PGA Tour, whatever, to each his own there. I'm not telling you how to think here, but for the PGA to then point to saying, oh, these guys, this is a money grab and we're all in this money, together. Money, money, and more money, they said. The PGA, You're tired of hearing about it. I, the response would be just one sentence. The PGA Tour is a 501c3 non, uh, nonprofit. That's incredible for them to release that statement. And, yeah, then, char- and then charge a million dollars per event for the match to play highlights, propping up the players that they have churned out and control. They, there is no union. There is no CBA. There is no contract. But yet, they own the rights. And, and the, the rights were written in 
prior to the internet existing. Consider this. The internet wasn't around whenever these rules were made. Instagram, clips, those highlights didn't exist. But yet you're paying for those rights if you're the individual who came up through the system and is playing at the highest level that an individual can play in the entire world. And that's no longer the case. I you think, can now go to this live tour. I think this segue will work perfectly for our next guest coming up in the next segment. I'm not picking sides here uh, on this d- debate uh, between the two or what's going on. Um, I'm certainly not taking the side of LIV. Um, but PGA, while they are the greatest golf league going right now in tour, and I'm going to continue to watch PGA Tour events, with that memo, they came across a little bit like the NCAA in kind of a blind, yes. preaching from the pulpit of hypocrisy type stance. Chad, light bulb, we, light bulb. We are a non-profit. We are about the embetterment of the student-athlete. You are tired of hearing about money. We're tired of it. We're going to talk about Arnie and Jack and Tiger and the legacies they created and all of this. It's starting to tilt a little bit that way with the PGA, and that leads right into a favorite topic of our next guest, Hutton. Yes, Trey Wallace will join us. Now, you mentioned the NCAA. Now imagine that response if you had a super conference that branched off and made their own rules and regulations, and the NCAA responding the same way. It would be very similar. Trey Wallace is coming up on OutKick 360. First, though, Aurora NutriScience. VitaLifeScience.com is the website where you need to go to get your supplements, your vitamin supplements. Our trusted partner here at Outkick 360 that keeps us mentally sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most, your body. Vitalifescience.com is the website. That's V-I-D-A lifescience.com. It's where you can see more information. If you're an Outkick 360 season ticket holder, like Dylan Taylor, you receive a 15% discount with the code Outkick 360 just by typing that in at vitalifescience.com. Typical pills, capsules, not well absorbed. In fact, only are absorbed in small, very small amounts. Your digestive system breaks these pills down until there's little left for you to benefit from. But here's Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional, and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. Vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione, and more. Vitalifescience.com for more info. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at vitalifescience.com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Glad you're with us for OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. Coming up in an hour, Armando Salguero will join us as we broadcast live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. We say hello to Trey Wallace right now of OutKick.com. Covers all things SEC for the site, and he joins us. Trey, I know you heard the end of our uh, previous discussion there. Can you imagine if this happened to the NCAA? Much like if there was a live tour version of college sports and how the NCAA would Which would respond. be Greg Sankey in the SEC, more than likely yeah, in this Greg scenario, Sankey, breaking off. If Greg Sankey was Greg Norman, how would the NCAA respond? 
I, I have no idea. I mean, just going off the press conferences yesterday. I mean, that was uh, that was rough. And 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 look, I we're kind of in a sense talking about it. I hate to make that correlation, but when we talk about the SEC breaking off and doing their own type of playoff and whatnot uh, in the future, it it kind of lines up with a company going off the grid and getting away from somebody like the NCAA. And, and potentially starting their own type of thing that might flow into a college football playoff down the road and whatnot. But I mean, you know, my, you know, it, my biggest thing in, in the way I look at it when it comes to the live golf stuff and, and how things are going forward is, is that just admit that you're in it for the money and stop saying that you're in it for the good of the game. Like that, that's kind of how I look at it. Like you, you got guys making hundreds of millions of dollars and, uh, the the pools are crazy, and it's just like, you know, it, it it's just like with NIL and college athletics. Like, okay, like I, you're you're ending up at a university. Just say you're doing it for the money. You don't have to go about and you know I'm talking about like coaches, you know, that they're going out and they're praising assistant coaches and stuff that they have to do. But let's not act like this isn't going on off to the side, and everything is just down the middle. They're just there's some correlations you can make. It's all pretty interesting. So, Trey, I've read your piece uh, about LSU Gold, the new streaming service from LSU, and they're not the first one to do this, but uh, they're one of a few schools now that's going into the streaming wars. And I, I, I read this, and, and tell me what you think about this idea. It's almost like when the Big Ten Network formed, the Longhorn Network formed, some other things were going on, and it felt like the SEC just kind of set back and said, let's figure out what's going to work best. And what they did instead of starting their own network in the beginning was, we'll just take so much money from ESPN and we'll make ESPN the SEC network, right? Instead of building their own thing. And then that, of course, led to the SEC network and the rest is history. Do you think the smartest thing now for other programs across the conference would be, let's sit back and see how this works out for Arkansas and for LSU with their new streaming service and kind of work through the kinks before we decide to jump in this pool. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think, I think that's and, – and talking with some folks yesterday and the day before about that, I think that's what you're going to see because the LSU streaming service, you know, they can say that, okay, we're going to have podcasts and we're going to have film breakdowns. But let's be honest, the main thing that they are hoping – that, that triggers people to buy into this service is this documentary that they're doing following around Brian Kelly and following around the football team. They are depending on that to carry this streaming service because you have to remember, there are a lot of things that Arkansas with Hog Plus or with LSU Gold or Clemson has ones too, but there's a lot of things they cannot show because they don't have the rights to it because it involves ESPN and the SEC network. So when you look at the original content that they're going to have to come up with, they're going to have to have some big things to keep people to stay around and paying $8.99 a month, you know, to, to see, okay, well, we saw some film breakdowns of this past weekend's game. Or, you know, because if they did it right, if they did it in a sense of maybe like hard knocks or something like that, and they did it around Brian Kelly – and they actually did a documentary where maybe you're getting two episodes a week or something like that for 30 minutes and whatnot, and then you're getting something, 
you know, maybe after game days on Saturday, then I could see that being something, you know, worth the money. $8.99, I don't know. Everybody has different paychecks and, and whatnot. But I will say that I have, I've watched some of the stuff that Arkansas does, and I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with what they have put out and everything that they have done with Sam Pittman. So, you know, they're taking a big swing here. And they're seeing if they can bring in more revenue. It's not going to be a lot of revenue, let's be honest. People outside of LSU and the state of Louisiana, LSU fans, I don't think they're buying anything like that. But they are going to bring in some type of revenue to try to help offset everything that goes into digital productions and um, documentaries on campus. Because something else I learned, too, you know, the SEC, they cut that check every year to every team. And then every team decides on how much money they're giving to their digital media department. Like in the case of Tennessee, how much are they going to give to Vol for Life Films? Or in the case of, you know, LSU, how much are they going to give to uh, the South Stadium Productions, I think it's called. Um, you know, so I, I, I want to see how this kind of kicks off in August with them. And then if it does, if and I've been told this, other SEC schools are looking into this, but they didn't want to dive in just because Arkansas dove in. And they also have a good, you know, person that's doing that and Bo Mattingly that's doing that for them and his production crew. So we're going to find out real quick what other schools, SEC, you know, SEC schools jump in, I think, over the next two to three years. But they're going to wait on, they're going to wait on LSU. And if it doesn't pan out for them, then why waste all that money to begin with? So, Trey, you know that Hutton and I are not the biggest college baseball guys in the world, right? But I've seen your social media. Yes, Yes, Uh, my social media is on fire right now with uh, the college baseball truthers of the world. Um, I want to ask you this question because you're a lot closer to it than we are, and you've been writing about it a lot at at Outkick.com. I feel like, and maybe I'm blinded because I follow so many people in the state of Tennessee, but I feel like Tennessee baseball has at least in some way raised the profile of college baseball this season and has people everywhere talking about their antics. Now, I made this claim. Joe Kinsey wrote about the bird being flipped to the outfield uh, in the game recently and how he liked it and that it's good for the sport. And I got ripped as if I wrote the article. I I don't disagree with the article. But um, it's amazing to me the amount of people who immediately come back and say, oh, no, 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 no. Tennessee's done nothing for college baseball. It's no more popular now than it was before, almost defeating their argument that college baseball is popular to begin with. They're almost saying, well, you know, it's just it kind of is what it is, and it's not really going to change by one team. So, Trey, you've been inside of it. What do you think? Has Tennessee baseball playing the villain helped all of college baseball at all, or is this just simply a local story? Two things here. First off, it has helped the SEC network extremely when it comes to what they're able to promote uh, on Friday nights and their post-game shows with Peter Burns and all through the weekend. Um, I think that social media-wise – You have seen a lot of Tennessee's antics all over social media this season around college baseball. And I've look, I I got friends on the West Coast that cover teams. They know what Tennessee's doing this year. Now, it's not like they're sitting, you know, uh, uh, at at three o'clock in the afternoon and watching three hours of Tennessee baseball. No. 
but it's getting noticed and it's getting picked up through all these social media channels and, and through ESPN and, and through, you know, SEC Network. And, you know, I, I think that, in my opinion, I think that it's up the game this season because they are the villain that everybody hates. They're going to be people tuning in, and they'll say they aren't, but there'll be people tuning in tomorrow night at 6 o'clock on ESPN2 to make sure Tennessee loses or to hope that Tennessee loses. Oh, sure. Every Vandy fan in America that cares about Vandy a lot, they're going to tune in and build their whole evening on both nights around rooting against Tennessee. There's no doubt about that. There are fan bases that take more pleasure in Tennessee losing in anything than their own team winning when their team never wins. Well, I think it's the college, look, the college baseball community in general, and it stretches really far. Again, West Coast, Northeast, Florida, whatnot, you name it, the, the college baseball community is there. I think with what Tennessee and how they have done it this year and how much, here's another thing that stands out to me. How many national writers that don't cover college baseball are talking about the Tennessee Volunteers baseball team. That's what's kind of stood out to me. Uh, even if it comes to tweets, quote tweets, or writing, you know, The Athletic, you know, has written a good amount about how Tennessee has played this year and their antics. Um, I, I look at SI and others. I mean, we've been on it since day one at Outkick, you know, and, and how Tennessee has approached this season. But I think nationally it's picked up. It especially did once SEC play started because Tennessee started pissing off so many people. And then word starts to spread between coaches and fan bases. And, hey, look what Tennessee's doing. They're wearing these stupid pink hats and they're putting on a fur coat. Like, that's a little bit over the line. Like, that's how people outside of this area, this state, think of the volunteers. And in my opinion, I wrote about this in in March I think it's great for college baseball that Tennessee is the NWO, the villain of college baseball, because it's going to get people to tune in tomorrow. And if their team's playing, they're going to keep an eye on the number one team in the country, Tennessee, who's just been jackasses all season long to them and how they play, and they want to see them lose. But then, you know, but a lot of people are sitting around waiting, okay, well, what if Tennessee continues to win? Well, they're going to continue watching because they want to be the ones that say, oh, look at Tennessee. They lost their antics. They didn't live up to the hype. All that crap they did through the during the season, it didn't pay off. They choked. That's where we're at with Tennessee baseball right now. And it's and look, Tony Vitello and them, they don't care. But it's a good thing. And, and, and when I say this, I mean it. The antics of going around first base and flipping off the outfield that's that's far. That's that's a little bit too much. That's enough. But I look at it as also, and Jordan Beck said it. I blacked out in the moment. I kind of agree in that big of a situation in the night. Do you think anyone you, talks to him about that though, Trey? I think this is where yes. people have a problem. Is it's 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 as if it's encouraged by Tony Vitello. Not not that it's discouraged at all by anyone. Does Danny White have a conversation with the kid or with Vitello? Does Vitello? Do you think that happens? Danny White. Danny White has a conversation with Tony Vitello. And Tony Vitello, I don't know how he says it, hey, man, calm down a little bit. Why are you flipping off the outfield going around first base? Like you should be trying to get to second base and not worrying about. So, there, yes, there are conversations. They're not just letting this – they're not just letting everything just run amok, okay? But 
They're also, here's another thing. Here's the key part about the whole situation. They are not going to tell Tennessee to tame themselves, okay? They are on the brink right now. They're on the brink of making it to Omaha. And if they get to Omaha, anything can happen. You think Danny White or anybody in the athletic department is going to say, hey, guys, y'all are doing a little bit too much. Hold off on that. Stop. No. No. But I promise you, like after a bird flip, yeah, they'll go say something because it's all over ESPN. But I promise you, and talking with folks, the Tennessee Athletic Department could care less what this baseball team is doing as long as they keep winning. So I, I, I just feel like it, it's an outside perspective thing, and it's warranted. You look at Tennessee baseball, and they are a little bit over the top. But it gets them to win. And until somebody shuts them up, could that be Notre Dame? It could be this weekend. But until somebody shuts them up, they're going to keep doing it. And they're not going to stop. It's because who they are. Maybe I'm missing the whole storyline here, but a middle finger at second base to me, if you're a fan of Vandy and have a problem with that, it's extremely soft uh, because I can rewind, was it five or six years? Help me with the player. Who double bird the Alabama end zone? Uh, Rashawn Galden for Tennessee. That's an iconic photo. That's an iconic photo (laughs) in college football. And an Alabama fan would admit that. So... To don't me, forget the to me, that this is either, just. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't see the hype behind it, honestly. And and while people may be tuning in to watch Tennessee lose, I, I guess you guys are talking about the state line, because I, I doubt there's a Kentucky fan that's tuning in just to see if the Vols will lose in baseball. Like that, that's it's that's co- where I'm not, I'm not seeing the transition in sports. It's college baseball in general. If you are in the game and you like the game and you want to watch it, here's the thing. I'll watch college baseball any day of the week, twice on Sundays over Major League Baseball. I hate Major League Baseball. But I'll watch college baseball because it, 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 there's a different feel to it. And I understand if people don't like it. I get it. Um, just and I, like I'm not faulting people. you for, for liking it, Trey. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't see where the middle finger to center field moves the needle well, and that, this for is, people to tune in more. This is what it needs more of, though, Trey, I think, to what Hutton's saying. And I, I don't disagree with Hutton. I don't know that it's moving. That's why I asked the question. John Boy, you know, who's a big Major League Baseball guy. Yeah. I'm watching last night. He does a six-minute video on Tennessee's entire ninth inning, complete well, with commentary example. on the middle finger. And it's hilarious, and I've never seen him do college baseball commentary. So if he takes that and his huge baseball audience watches it and it adds 100,000 viewers that's to fair. Tennessee's next game, that's where it moves the needle. I don't know that it's – but if more of that happens, I think that's where we're talking about some. That's where we're cooking, right? I'll give you another example. Remember last year? I think it was last year. Lane Kiffin is running down the sideline and throws his play sheet into the stands. That was another moment that caught people's eye. And and maybe it was college football, but I promise you NFL people are looking at like, well, wait a minute. But college baseball needs it. College football doesn't. There's a big distinction, right? And Tennessee's the one that's bringing it. I don't know of anyone else that's doing as much as they are in terms of extracurriculars in the game. That's why I asked the question. Maybe there is another team that's exactly like them. I'm just not seeing it. College baseball needs growth. And the problem that I see right now with college baseball is, is you've got ESPN, you've got SEC Network, ACC Network, Big Ten, whatever, all of them. Their problem is on on a Friday night, at 8 o'clock, 
ESPN2 would rather air a cornhole championship than rather air a, a conference matchup that could be big. Like, if you want to grow your sport, you have got to expose it to other people. And that's where I think the worldwide leader in ESPN falls because they're putting all these games on ESPN+. Plus. And everything that you have to pay for if you have a cable provider and you got to find it and it's hard and you got to stream it. Get your product out there a little bit better. And that's what the NCAA tournament is going to do this weekend. They're hoping more people tune in. But I will, I'll leave it at this. I think Tennessee, I think they have done a really, really good job of marketing themselves. However, they want to market it. If they want to be the bad boys, they'll be the bad boys. But we'll see over the next three weeks how much the crap that they have done during the season will pay off when it comes to ratings. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Who cares? But I'm looking at it overall, and I would love to see the game of college baseball grow because I think it's so much fun uh, watching it compared to watching the boring Major League Baseball, in my opinion. It's just my opinion. Trey Wallace, outkick.com is where you can read more of his work. He'll have you covered there for all of the the storylines between Tennessee and Notre Dame. Trey, thank you as always, man. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. We have, like I said, coverage all weekend, uh, Notre Dame, Tennessee, all through the SEC uh, with baseball. And then uh, I just got my media credential request for SEC Media Days in Atlanta. So nice. we're not far from football going to. So thanks, awesome. guys. Excellent. Can't wait. Thank thanks, you, Trey. Bring, going, on, bring on the college football. That's for sure. More coming on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Chad, we are headed to Birmingham this weekend. We've got Outkick the Tailgate with the USFL. We're back. Davey Hudson has got us loaded with some solid guests. And and some that may happen that we're excited about it because they're on site. And um, if they do, it'll be more than just football, which will be cool. It's going to be a fun two hours on Saturday with Outkick the Tailgate. We did this throughout college. Football season had a great time at different SEC schools. Already had one of these for USFL. Looking forward to getting back to Birmingham. Uh, one of the cradles of Southern college football is Birmingham, Alabama. Now the cradle of USFL, where every game takes place there. So we'll be at Protective Stadium on Saturday, 3 to 5 p.m. without kick the tailgate. And Hutton, you nailed it. We got a great guest list for you with USFL and some outside of USFL guests joining us live. So it should be fun. Uh, Paul Burma. Bar- excuse me, Paul Burmeister of NBC will be on the show, for instance, at 3.30 on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Plenty of headlines out there. We're going to hit a ton of the NFL ones with uh, Armando Salguero, which is coming up in roughly 25 minutes or so from now. Always love having Armando on. Uh, I I saw this headline last night at Outkick.com, and I I laughed. I mean, I, I don't know if it's... Truly, quote-unquote, newsworthy, but it's funny. Aaron Rodgers allegedly has a new girlfriend named Blue of Earth. That's her, that's her legal name, Blue of Earth. It's like Meta World Peace. 
Um, that name made me click and just figure out like what's going on there. Um, and I, I have perused her Instagram page as well. Does she live up to the expectation of blue? Yeah, I mean, she, she's, uh, she's like a singer-songwriter, too. She looks like she's playing guitar like Phoebe from Friends. Kind of that level of singer-songwriter. Okay. A lot of health food suggestions. Of I course. mean, it's exactly what you would think. And look, very, I, very attractive woman also. I mean, it kind of makes sense, given would, Aaron Rodgers. I would expect that from Aaron Rodgers. Sensibilities, right? The, he's a very natural guy. Man, he's, and, and again, like I, I, a lot of this stemmed from uh, the saga with Olivia Munn. Because right after that is whenever his family drama happened, where he doesn't speak to any of his family members. And we, that was a huge summer saga. But the, he's gone from just Green Bay Packers quarterback to now who's Aaron Rodgers dating. Like there, there's a different celebrity status with that. Um, that it's hard to get, really. If you really think about, okay, who's, who's Sam Darnold? Yeah, he went Hollywood. That's how. He started dating other celebrities, and that's what made him Hollywood famous, not just NFL famous. Yeah. Blue of Earth. There you go. I learned about her through Aaron Rodgers, not the other way around. Headlines next, including the tour.